0: It's Thursday, June 1st. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, the White House announced yesterday another $300 million in aid to Ukraine. But as they did, officials said something that suggests that this war is entering a very dangerous phase. That's coming up. Second, we've got a mystery to talk about. A mysterious Chinese space plane just returned to Earth. And odds are it is designed to take out our satellites. Details on that shortly third and speaking of china beijing recently cyber attacked the african country of kenya i'll share why and how it gives america a chance to build alliances all around the world later we close out the podcast with a critical study on people who have had a heart attack researchers are highlighting some bad news about how heart attacks affect mental cognition but also some good news on how to keep that mind sharp but first let's get to our top story of the morning. The White House announced yesterday another $300 million in aid that will be heading to Ukraine. And it is quite a list of weaponry. We've got munitions for the Patriot air defense system with each missile running around $4 million a pop. Also included or missiles for the Stinger, Avenger and AIM-7 systems. The cost of those, by the way, range anywhere from fifty dollars to $80,000 each. Finally, American taxpayers are on the hook for more artillery rounds, too. That's for the HIMARS system. And by the way, we also have 30 million rounds of small arms ammunition to boot. So all in this package and previous ones like it means that the U.S. has sent $76.8 billion to Ukraine, although Congress has actually authorized $113 billion in all. Now, what's really interesting is that this latest batch of weaponry comes just days after Ukraine launched a series of drone strikes attacking Russia's capital of Moscow. And folks, that was remarkable because it was the first time that Kiev bombed residential buildings in Moscow, specifically a wealthy neighborhood in the capital that's home to the nation's financial and political elite. Now, I should say, That Ukraine's drone strikes were only allegedly organized by Kiev because President Volodymyr Zelensky is denying any involvement as of this morning, which, to be clear, is what he and his government have done in previous attacks. But then later, they admit that, yes, they did organize them. But for now, the spokesman for Ukraine's president said, quote, we certainly enjoy watching the attacks and we predict more attacks but we certainly don't have any direct involvement, end quote. Okay. As you would imagine, the Russians dismiss that assertion, saying that not only was Ukraine responsible for these drone strikes, but that they also used U.S. and NATO equipment to do it. At least that was the allegation made by uh, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu. Okay, so who's right? Did Ukraine launch those drone strikes against uh, Russia using American drones? Well, the White House and the Pentagon were both asked about that possibility yesterday. And by the way, if so, did Kiev get permission from Joe Biden to do it? Well, first, the White House spokesman, Corinne Jean-Pierre, denied knowing anything, saying, quote, we've been gathering information about exactly what happened with these drone strikes in Moscow. But to be clear, we do not support attacks inside Russia, period, end quote. Okay. later, Pentagon spokesman John Kirby said that the U.S. does not have, quote, specific information that tells us who is responsible for these drone strikes, but that it's not like we are going to go out and investigate this. That would not be appropriate for us to do. Finally, he insisted that the U.S. had nothing to do with these attacks at all. Quote, we don't tell the Ukrainians where to strike, end quote. All right, to be very clear, everything that I just said, that the White House and the Pentagon said, was all a lie, right? So here's the truth, and this is whether you support or disapprove of America's involvement in the war. So let's start with this. Last August, Ukraine's deputy of military intelligence, a Major General Vadim Sabitsky, told British press that the U.S. approves or disapproves of all Russian targets to be killed or destroyed, He said that when discussing the use of the HIMARS artillery system, right? That is on top of additional reporting from multiple European and American press outlets that the U.S. has in fact assisted the Ukrainians in multiple attacks on multiple Russian targets. Let me just give you three examples. First, we helped bomb Russia's Moskva warship in the Black Sea back in April of last year. Second, we helped bring down a Russian transport plane that had 200 Russian soldiers inside. That was also in the spring of last year. Third, our intel and related support communities have led to the deaths of at least 13 Russian generals, mostly in the eastern part of Ukraine. So folks, even if you celebrate everything that I just said in terms of the the Russians taking it on the chin, the point is that both the White House and the Pentagon lied yesterday right? Contrary to their statements, we know with absolute certainty, in fact, from the Ukrainian military itself, that the United States absolutely assists Kiev in targeting Russian military personnel and hardware. Now, does that mean that Mr. Biden and Pentagon officials approved of this latest Ukrainian drone strike on Moscow earlier this week? No, it does not. In fact, what we know is that Ukraine's President Zelensky has authorized strikes previously, including those inside Russia, without informing U.S. officials and despite promises not to do it. By the way, confirmation of that came from leaked documents from the Pentagon that appeared on social media over the past six months. They're often described as the Discord papers, and I previously briefed you on those throughout the last six weeks or so. All right, those are the facts and data this morning. In other words, folks, we are giving Ukraine another 300 million dollars in aid and the White House and Pentagon have lied to us about America's direct involvement in this war. And that leads to this next question. So what? Why should we care about our government lying to us about our involvement in this war in Ukraine? And why is it bad if we tell Zelensky to not do something, but he does it anyway? Well, for those questions, let's pivot away from facts and data this morning and talk about assessment and opinion. And let's start with this reminder of why you should care. The U.S. government has signed you up for $113 billion in deficit spending for a war that, as I told you about this morning, they're not telling you about the truth. And that seems bad to me. Second, the war that our government is lying to you about involves a nuclear power And that also seems bad. Finally, our partner in this war, Mr. Zelensky, has demonstrated repeatedly that he's going to do whatever he would like with your $113 billion in aid and weaponry. And that includes attacks inside Russia. And I want to just emphasize something. You and I might think that that is a good or righteous that the Russians somehow are getting punched in the face. They deserve it because they invaded Ukraine. And they also bomb Ukraine on the daily. But the point is that Zelensky is doing what he wants, at least in some cases, and even after Joe Biden and the Pentagon tell him not to. And folks, that means that Zelensky is effectively in charge, and that has all sorts of profound implications. Let me just give you an example. So last August, Ukrainian special forces and intel operators conducted a car bombing in Moscow. right. They targeted a Russian commentator who was very much in support of the war against Ukraine. But as they targeted that commentator, they accidentally blew up his daughter. Well, according to the New York Times and my own sources, that attack alarmed U.S. officials because Zelensky had promised that his people would not do those kinds of attacks. They would keep it on Ukrainian soil. And he lied. All right. Well, what did we do in response? Actually, what could we do in response? Because as Mr. Biden has said repeatedly, we are with Ukraine for however long it takes, giving them whatever it takes to win. In other words, if you think about it strategically, we've boxed ourselves in, publicly anyway, with unlimited support. And Zelensky knows that, and he leverages that, getting away with whatever he wants to include drone strikes in Moscow, probably earlier this week. And just to be very clear, I don't blame the guy. He's doing what is best for his country. Okay, so knowing all of that, I want to remind you of this. About two weeks ago, Mr. Biden promised Zelensky some F-16 jets. And that was a change for Mr. Biden because he and European leaders have long been reluctant to give Ukraine advanced fighters because they feared that Zelensky would use them to escalate the war. Well, when Biden was asked if Ukraine might, in fact, do that, you know, use those American jets to attack Russian interests inside of Russia. Well, Biden said, quote, I have a flat assurance from Zelensky that they will not use those jets inside Russian geographic territory. Okay, a flat assurance. Although we know full well that that doesn't mean much of anything, at least from Zelensky. So folks, as you process this brief, let me tell you what I see, right? I see our American government lying to us about a war in Europe, and I see a Congress that's not really asking many questions about that, and a media that's pretty happy to go along with it. Meanwhile, the world, ladies and gentlemen, from my perspective, is it's testing the lines of a global conflict, right? With with Russia and China on one side and America and the West on the other And to be very clear, that is not a war that any of us want to see come to fruition because it it would not just involve dead Ukrainians or dead Russians, right? Ultimately, we would see dead and wounded U.S. service members too. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. So enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners. And then in about a minute, we'll be right back. Friends, I'm excited to tell you about ARC seed kits like Noah's Ark. And here's why I'm excited. On The Right Report, we talk a lot about two things. We talk about your pocketbook and how to save you some money. We also talk about preparing for global events, like how we could find ourselves at war in Asia. Well, with ARK Seed Kits, you can address both of those concerns at once. The All-in-One Seed Kit helps you grow your own food for life. It has over 65 varieties of fruits and vegetables, sprouting from 50,000 heirloom seeds. And let me tell you why that is so important. Heirloom seeds last year after year. Each crop helps you grow the next. But that's not true of 95% of most seeds that you buy. Those last only one year. That's why heirloom seeds from Ark Seed Kits are so great. It's a lifetime of food security. So go to arcseedkits.com. Again, that's ARC like Noah's ARC and buy your heirloom seeds today. And if you do, make sure you use promo code RIGHT, like my last name, W-R-I-G-H-T, and that'll get you 10% off your order. So go to arcseedkits.com, promo code WRITE, and invest in good food and a bigger wallet for life. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a mystery, and later, an opportunity. So first, let's talk about that mystery. Some military experts met yesterday at the Pentagon to discuss UFOs, or as they are now saying, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena, or UAPs. Kind of like UFOs better, but regardless, the panel offered up a teaser of sorts about a major report that they plan to release later this summer about UO. Well, let's just say UFOs, because I can't say UAPs. Anyway, the brief that they gave yesterday that caught my attention was about a bizarre metallic orb that maneuvers in a way that defies our understanding of physics. Now, interestingly, the Pentagon experts said of these orbs, quote, we see these all over the world, end quote. Okay, you got my attention. It's on my radar. All right, well, as they investigate these mysterious orbs, we have another mysterious plane up in space to talk about, although we know where this one comes from China. Over the weekend, a Chinese space plane landed back on Earth. According to folks at Space.com, it was launched in China back in August of 2022 with a mission that is unclear. But experts at the Pentagon and NASA believe it's designed to do two things. First, to grab damaged satellites and conceivably to repair them, or second, to grab enemy satellites and throw them off orbit, either to burn them up in the atmosphere or to push them and drift them out into space. So for what it's worth, the U.S. has a space plane with allegedly similar capabilities. It's called the X-37B, built by Boeing, and it looks a lot like a, a little mini space shuttle. In fact, military analysts believe that when the Pentagon launched that X-37B back in 2010, Chinese authorities became pretty alarmed that it would would eventually be used to attack Chinese satellite systems. So Beijing began to develop their own version, which is likely what just returned back to Earth after about 17 months in orbit. So I will be watching for how China uses this space plane and how our X-37B stacks up. All right, from space, we come back to Earth for our next brief, heading over to the African country of Kenya, where we talk about an opportunity. And it's all because the communists in China cyber attacked some Kenyan government agencies that are headquartered in the capital city of Nairobi. So here's what we know this morning, as reported by Reuters news service and the Arab outlet Al Jazeera, starting off with some recent history. So back in the year 2019, a Kenyan government official uploaded a document onto a Kenyan government computer, but unbeknownst to this official, it was infected with a Chinese malware system built by the Chinese government. And that malware started spreading throughout Kenyan government systems from at least 2019 to at least 2022. Well, officials began suspecting that some sort of hack had happened, probably late last years when they discovered it, But regardless, they brought in an IT expert to get to the bottom of their suspicions. And he discovered this Chinese virus and that it had infected the offices of, listen to this, the Kenyan president, the defense ministry, the information ministry, the health ministry, the land ministries. Well, anyway, you can figure it out. A whole bunch of ministries. In short, it was a widespread and deep penetration of the Kenyan government. So the question is why? Why did the Chinese government want so much access to so many people in the country of Kenya? Well, one big reason is debt. So over the past 20 years, Kenya has borrowed billions of dollars from China, around $9 billion, in fact, to upgrade railroads and bridges and port infrastructure. Well, unfortunately, Kenya couldn't afford to service that debt. And here's the kicker. China knew that, but they lent the money anyway as part of uh, what is often called China's debt trap diplomacy. All right, they, they loan money to countries that eventually they know will default. And then Beijing takes ownership or long-term leases over key assets like airports or mines. But as Kenya was struggling to make payments back in about 2019, it appears that Beijing wanted some, uh, shall we say, cyber insurance about what would come next, right? They wanted to know exactly what the Kenyan government would do about this debt and how they intended to negotiate with China. So Beijing and one of its unofficial hacking teams called Backdoor Diplomacy launched this very successful cyber attack that penetrated upwards of a dozen government agencies. Well, so for what it's worth, the Kenyans are downplaying this incident to Reuters news service. Pretty embarrassing, I get it. So too are the Chinese, though. In fact, Beijing says that it is they who are the victims here. Quote, China is a main victim of cyber theft and attacks and a staunch defender of cyber security, end quote. That, by the way, is according to the Chinese embassy in London. So folks, let me now switch from facts and data this morning to my opinion and analysis. So previously, we've talked about Beijing's debt trap diplomacy. We spoke of it first with the island countries of Oceania back on May 23rd when I gave you a special update on our series about the battle for the Pacific. Well, quite clearly, it's not just Oceania that is under China's debt trap. As the Associated Press actually recently reported, dozens of countries around the world are struggling with it too, from Sri Lanka and Asia to Zambia and now Kenya and Africa. So what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that dozens of countries around the world and their citizens too have a very clear motivation to hate China. Right. In other words, to resent Beijing and their cruel debt trapping ways that at least critics say is like a modern version of colonialism. Right. And that resentment is good for us. But that's only if We have good leadership in the White House who recognizes this as a leverage that we need to peel countries away from China and towards us. So I'll let you decide if we have that kind of good leadership in the Oval Office this morning. As you can probably guess, I don't think so. And I think that the facts and data prove it. But as ever, reasonable people can disagree. And as ever, I leave it up to you to decide. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. So if you're like me, you have friends and loved ones who have suffered from a heart attack. And if so, I want you to take a special listen to this latest data from Johns Hopkins Medicine, as reported yesterday in the medical journal JAMA Neurology. Because as it turns out, heart attacks appear to cause a substantial decline in mental cognition, which is our ability to learn and understand. So let's start with this brief uh, with something that you might not know. Each year, about 800,000 people in the United States have a heart attack. And of those people, 600,000 are a first time heart attack and 200,000 are those who have already had at least one heart attack previously. So for those folks that survive, there are a variety of challenges to recovery, but one that is gaining more attention, at least per the folks at Johns Hopkins, is the impact that heart attacks have on cognition. So here's what we found out. Researchers looked at data from over 30,000 people where 1,033 went on to have a heart attack. And another 137 had two heart attacks. Now, what they found, these researchers, was that there was no sudden decline in cognition after this first initial heart attack. But over the years following a heart attack, there was a significantly faster decline in cognition for those folks who suffered a heart attack as compared to those who had never had a heart attack at all. In fact, one heart attack equaled about six to 13 years of cognitive decline. Now, researchers said that they're not sure why this is. They promised to do more research, in fact. But in the meantime, they offered some counsel on what to do, especially if you've had a heart attack. And it's pretty straightforward, right? Keep on top of that bad cholesterol, lower one's blood pressure, lose weight, stop smoking, and focus on overall good health with exercise, especially involving weights, and get that cardio in too. Now, interestingly, they also talked about uh, how strong cognition usually is connected to good sleeping patterns and consuming a well-rounded diet, cutting back on things like salt, sugars, and prepackaged foods. So there you have it, my friends. Advice that frankly is good for all of us, no matter if we have had a heart attack or not.